Welcome to episode 226 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. In this episode, I will be talking to Natasha Ariana Morris. If you've been listening to Stageworthy for a while, or maybe you're a first-time listener and you're listening through a link on the website or that you found on social media, did you know that you can subscribe so you never miss an episode of Stageworthy? And you can do that by searching for Stageworthy on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and clicking on the handy subscribe button so that every week the new episode of Stageworthy will be delivered right to you. And if you subscribe, let me know that you're a new subscriber. If you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby, and my website is philrickaby.com. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and the website where you can find the archive of all 226 episodes is at stageworthypodcast.com. As I mentioned, my guest is Natasha Ariana Morris. Natasha is an award-winning playwright as well as the founder and creator of Peace of Mind Hearts. She is the playwright and director of The Negroes Are Congregating, which opens March 3rd and runs until March 14th at Theatre Passe in Toronto. Give me just a, like, what What would be the elevator pitch for the Negroes are congregating? <laughs> can, you, can you give, is it, is it, is it, can it be simplified enough? Uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I am like, uh, looking at eternal, internalized racism uh, <clears throat> from a an African view, mm-hmm. but mainly placed in Toronto. Mainly based in Toronto? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> was there a particular event that made you want to write this? Um, I think several. Just because it's written sort of as sketches. Mm-hmm. There was just pieces that started to stick together. And I was like... When I had a conversation randomly and the Negroes are congregating popped up, I was like, ooh, that's a great name for a show. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I have something to make that work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said that you you, haven't seen it now. It is like several different different sketches or scenes. Um, Were they written independently or did you know that they were going to be tied together? Yeah, independently. Okay. and they're all just come from little occurrences or mm-hmm. situations. And did you, did you um, like how, what, I mean, this is the kind of question you don't want like at a, at a talk back, but like, <laughs> like from starting to write to finishing, how long did that take? Uh, <clears throat> I feel like I had something solid. I had something to present. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2015, mm-hmm. 2016, I expanded and edited and took a break 2017 
and then went full fledged um, presenting wise mm-hmm. in 2018. <clears throat> and I've made my last most current mm-hmm. <laughs> edits as of like January this year to be like what is going forward do you feel like it's done I feel like it is 98% done mm-hmm. yeah I'm not pushing so much for it to be full length although that affects so much things like if I want to apply for grad school I need to <laughs> yeah. you know <clears throat> kind of abide by certain things mm. but it's like whatever it is when it's done, it's done. Yeah, I do find that like 70 minutes is long enough for an audience. Mm-hmm. I've seen shows that are an hour long, and if it's outside of a fringe situation, I feel yeah. like I'm ripped off. Yeah. Somehow an hour is not enough, but if yeah. you give me an extra 10 minutes, I'm good with it. Exactly. Um, now, you performed this at the Halifax Fringe. Yeah. Were there other fringes that you took it to, or was Halifax the... the uh, that only was the only fringe. Yeah? Yeah. Can I ask you what the reaction, like what, what kind of reaction you got at Halifax? Um... I'll compare it to Toronto because I was the only Canadian city. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the it was like African Nova Scotian <laughs> community were <clears throat> really comfortable and connected with the the content. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely lots of call and response, unapologetically, mm-hmm. even if it was like majority white audience. Yeah. I think in Toronto, it gets very awkward and tense. And I think because we don't know much um, African-Canadian history, mm. I think the large sentiment is we're post-racial and we're, we're multicultural mm. and racism is like, if it does happen, it's not that serious. Well, white people like to think that. But I don't think it's only white people. No, do you think? Do you think that the, the black people think that too? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I would say like as a whole, mm-hmm. but I know. I think it depends on um, what is your Canadian dream or mm. what are you aspiring to, and so if I've passed um, these stereotypes, if you know I've have the masters, I have this great career, mm. if I live in this beautiful neighborhood then i've kind of um changed the stigma and proved Mm. that racism i haven't let racism affect me Mm. and i'm like that's fair but (laughs) for (coughs) other individuals and communities Mm. where there's a different presence Mm -hmm. of racism You know, if you're living in public housing and you have constant community policing, Mm -hmm. community policing, um, you're going to schools that um, you're getting suspended, expelled, um, placed and applied for, Mm -hmm. you know, no good reason (laughs) other than, you know, you're just kind of like, um, what do you want to say? Like chattled. You're just... If nobody's looking out for you, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to end up anywhere that you'd like to be. Mm-hmm. So in this play, I think I do get backlash of like, well, that's not my experience as a black person mm-hmm. because this is where I'm at and these are my pillars. And I'm like, that's fair. 
And then there's also other folks that have to go through more because there's there's more complexity to it. Mm. There's sexism. <clears throat> there's you know being queer, LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Um, there's poverty. You know, there's even developmental, mental mm-hmm. health, all of this. So, yeah. yeah, like all these barriers become the do compile. Think, yeah. Do you think that the, the Toronto idea of like we're post-racial um, comes from feeling like, well, at least it's not the States? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And I think that's also by design mm-hmm. with how we talk about it's black history month Mm -hmm. what are we learning african-american history yeah (laughs) and and that's tied into Mm -hmm. the underground railroad where slaves from america came here for refuge Mm -hmm. and safety we don't talk about slavery existing in canada Mm. we don't talk about Slaves being captured and sent back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't talk about <clears throat> our own unnamed, like Jim Crow or yeah, Violet, Violet Desmond. Like you have to sit upstairs and not downstairs yeah. in the white section. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's there. But I think yeah, it's under the rug, just like residential schools mm. and everything else. Yeah, it's like such a small. Peace, why even bother? It's all interesting that, that that Canadian Black History Month is so American. Yeah, because it is American. It's just American. Mm. Um, and yet, and yet, we have Canadian Black History that we don't talk about. <laughs> right. There's a part in the play. <clears throat> um, it's a game show, and it's asking like, who was the first Black Prime Minister of Canada? Mm-hmm. And I was like. <laughs> uh, it's like oh, it's just a true question yeah Justin Trudeau was spotted <laughs> you know uh, sporting different ethnicities um, throughout his youth if mm. you want to call it that and because we're Canadian we apologize for him uh, <laughs> it's like it's just the past mm. let's not let's not yeah. talk about it and it's not that bad mm-hmm and again, it's like everything is just swept under the rug. Hmm. I find it so interesting that that a Toronto audience was more uncomfortable with it than, say, the the Halifax audience. Yeah. Well, I think they they just have a closer tie to um, how the government or the, the society at large has been in opposition to mm. having sovereignty amongst black communities. Because yeah. when your community is like bulldozed over <laughs> for the sake of, <clears throat> at this point, you know, a dog park, mm-hmm. it was like, what was all that for? Yeah. And then to call where we live a slum where you specifically placed a dump yes. and hazardous um, waste, mm. what do you think was going to happen? It's like, why don't you amend the problem? But it's like, actually, yeah, the waterborne property is more important <clears throat> than <laughs> your little community yeah. since the 1700s. So. It's funny because, I mean, 
I've gone out, I've been out east a few times. Mm-hmm. Not so much to Halifax, but you know, uh, New, New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. New Brunswick is super white, mm-hmm. <clears throat> super white. Yeah. Um, whereas Halifax seems super white, mm-hmm. but there is a there is a, a black community there. Yeah. Um, but I uh, like they are. Because you can go through Halifax and feel like it's as white as a number of other places mm-hmm. in the Maritimes um, until you realize, oh, wait, no, there are black people here. Yeah. Um, but they're, I don't know, kept away from a lot of the city. I don't know what... what, what like, well, it's like urban planning yeah. after um, the community is destroyed, mm-hmm. then what goes up. You know, in the U.S., they'll call it projects, mm. but it's it's government housing. Any government people live in government housing? No, <laughs> so it's just a title. Yeah. Uh, and the difference is, you're going from owning your your home. Mm-hmm. You're working within your community, taking on you know any job that you would have in any other community, like a postal worker, um, ambulance, doctor, mm-hmm. firefighter, whatever, um, business, business person of some sort. And now that's gone. Mm-hmm. So this is how much rent is here mm-hmm. and go find a job as, you know, a black person mm-hmm. <laughs> in the wider society. Yeah. And that becomes more difficult. Mm-hmm. to earn what you need to earn and it plays out to like family dysfunction mm-hmm. and long-term detrimental effects mm-hmm. <clears throat> what has been in terms of like both writing and presenting uh, the negroes are congregating mm-hmm. how uh, what have you learned that surprised you <sighs> i guess that even in everything that I've written, and I hope that no matter who's in the audience, they feel uh, troubled in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, there still is a tendency of like, how do white people feel about this show? And I'm like, forget that. <laughs> like, how do you feel? How do you feel mm. about it? Is anything that you you think um, is problematic or that needs to be changed? Or are we really congregating in the way that we say we are? Mm. Or is is like every man for himself or crabs in the bucket type of mm. um, mentality? I think it's important to look at things I don't say realistically mm-hmm. <laughs> but everybody has a choice mm-hmm. to make and I think the stronger choice is um, being unified but I think often the choice that's made is you know whoever gets there gets there mm-hmm. And so the issues that are in the community are generally economic. Mm. They're, I'm like kind of pulling from bug at TPM mm-hmm. um, in the star review or um, response to there not being any white reviewers invited. 
and saying, look, well, if it's that spiritual and that ceremonial, why are you even having it at Theater Pass Mariah? <clears throat> and I'm like, well, <laughs> have you looked at how much um, space and property and infrastructure is owned and operated by indigenous people? Mm-hmm. And why should everything happen in the middle of nowhere where mm. the government has sanctioned and created reserves yeah. that you still have to fight on a daily basis to make sure there's not any pipeline mm. or you know depositories of anything toxic yeah. into your land or your water. I was like, whose land is it? And looking percentage wise, there's a lot of instability Mm. and I'm like there is no black theater to there's no black theater in Toronto as such as like a venued space (laughs) or like like the the building itself yeah Yeah. and I know there's um, Aki or Akai studio at Daniel Spectrum but besides that and that goes for most um, communities cultural communities outside of the majority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Canadian stage, yeah. um, factory, uh, they're all non-profit, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> who owns and operates for the most part. Yeah. The, the, you bring up Bug, which I think is, an, is, is, is interesting. I, when I heard the, 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 the decision to, um, to not invite white reviewers. Mm-hmm. I remembered um, some of the reviews that came out of Next Stage. Uh, mm-hmm. The the Tita jokes. There were a couple of reviews that were were racist. Mm-hmm. It was um, disheartening to see to see them, but also not that much of a surprise. So I'm, it doesn't surprise me yeah. that a production would say this is like we want people of color to review this. We've heard enough from white people. There's yeah. no reason that that should be controversial. Yeah. And I think what what the general public tends to take from that is not even that they're not invited, but you're not inviting white people in general to your show. And that is a, that is a ridiculous like because <laughs> like you jump to that yeah, they it being this colorism from, issue, yeah. yeah. And the other funny thing is, um, from what I've heard, is. You know, you still have, if you're a white reviewer, you buy your ticket and you can still review. And they're like, no, we still don't care for you. I mean, the, the thing uh, is that, like, the, the idea that, that I could then, as a white reviewer, I could buy a ticket and still review the show defeats the purpose of what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Is they're they're exactly. saying they don't want a yeah. white voice reviewing the show. And so if yeah. I go and I buy a ticket, yeah. so what? I didn't, I didn't get a comp, but I'm still doing what you asked me not to. Right. And I, I'm like, that's, that's fair, mm-hmm. I think. You can't control everything, mm. but I hope that most people will understand to get these type of reviews that just focus on alcoholism and yes. um, negativity and frame it in a way that's like, this is a story I know, mm. and this is what I think I saw or what I should have seen. Yes, yeah. Um, gets under people's skin. Yeah. And a lot of times in the script, I 
have like microaggression and one of our actors like macroaggression because <laughs> that that is how it feels when it's just sitting. Sure. But it's like sticks and stones, right? <laughs> yeah. I do think that this that the, the the situation with Bug points out how few reviewers of color there are yeah. in the city. Which is a pro- is problematic as mm-hmm. a whole. Um which I hope we do something about that. Some that, that I know that Generator it has a has mm-hmm. a, a reviewer like a, training, a okay. training program, um, and you know there are reviewers uh, that are not white, but a lot of the ones at the major publications are are very white. Yeah. Uh, if I could change gears for for a second, mm-hmm. I do want to talk to you about um, what what brought you on the path to writing for theater and to presenting theater. Um, I think I just like to write dark things at first. <laughs> um, like, those are the stories that are interesting that have layers and people have problems. Mm. Um, my mom's like, what the heck? <laughs> Why are you writing about, um, you know, this mother who has, like, a drug habit and a chain smoker and just sits on the couch all day I'm like I don't know it's just like that sounds like an interesting story and she's like well don't have like CS be called on her <laughs> <laughs> like where are you getting this inspiration from but um yeah and I think that's where my mind my mind jumps to different things of like what's up with that person um what's their story and Poetry is also a big thing. There's a lot of spoken word in the piece. Mm -hmm. I don't really put a filter on how I write, which is why it comes out (laughs) non-linear and probably in like segments because that's how I think. Mm -hmm. As you can see, that's how I talk. (laughs) I'm just like from one thought to the next. Mm -hmm. So I try and reflect that in how things come together. Did you have uh, early experiences with theater? Um, trying to think of my earliest. Um, yeah, I do remember like grade two. <laughs> just it was like about the troll under the bridge, and there's the Billy Goats crossing. Yeah. And I know I was a quiet child, but I'm not shy. And I really wanted to play like the troll. (laughs) (laughs) And it was given to my classmate who's really extroverted. And you would think she'd do a great job. And I was in the chorus. I mean, I can't sing either, whatever. Um, And when it came time to perform, she was so nervous she like cried and ran Ooh. and we had to like substitute her with the teacher to make it happen. I was like, that should have been me. I've been ready. <laughs> um, that's like a story, you know, those childhood stories that bring things together. Um, but I went to a topical school, school of the arts for drama mm-hmm. And I was thinking about doing drama in university, but I was like, do I want to pay like 6000 to kind of do what I've been doing? <clears throat> and then um, I just did like my own 
part-time studies with mm-hmm. Be Current. They had a summer raisin program, raisin in the sun program, which is really fantastic because you like take a bus and go to Stratford and see Janet Sears Harlem duet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> or at the time there was the Afri Canadian Playwrights Festival, mm-hmm. also led by Janet Sears, and like every person of african descent pretty much in canada that was in theater was part of that festival Mm. and it happened every i think two or three years and then i saw to be young do blood clot and Mm. i was like well this is it (laughs) (laughs) i was like i'll see this about three times Uh did uh now when you before you went to the the school of the arts Mm -hmm. um had you been doing stuff in theater? I mean, like, I remember being in the Wizard of Oz musical and I was playing, like, the Tin Woman, <laughs> uh, which is cool. I think I just wanted more things that related to me. Mm. So even throughout high school, I was like, ugh, doing, like, the Yes, whatever. yeah. It's like, all right, well, how do I make this funky? <laughs> or we're doing comedy and... I'm like, I know these stand-up jokes, but I'm like, if I tell jokes that relate to me, are they going to land with this audience? Mm. We'll see. But I did sketch comedy with my friend. Mm -hmm. We would pretty much produce our own shows and bring in students from other schools to come and see. And we had reoccurring characters. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'd film it. We started going out into the community and doing it like having a little sketch comedy tour at Caribbean restaurants at like Eglinton, <laughs> Eglinton West, um, popping up at fundraisers mm-hmm. or whatever it was. That was what I funneled my time into, mm-hmm. like literally skipping class. <laughs> like, so let's rehearse that. Yeah. Because that was fun. I didn't like so much most of the work that we're doing in drama. I just thought it was boring. <laughs> what do you think was missing from from the program? Um, representation. Mm-hmm. And I understand that if you have, you know, maybe two black girls or one one black guy in the class, what are you going to do? Like <laughs> a whole uh, coming to America type <laughs> show mm-hmm. when it doesn't make sense for the demographic. So then you just kind of pull a monologue here and there when you can. Um, And yeah, it's like, who's going to direct this? Who's going to be responsible? And, you know, all the faculty is white. So that's why I'm, I'm glad we're able to figure out something to do. But Black History Month assembly was huge. Yeah. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's like getting a, a teacher to supervise after school. It's like, eh, mm. I think not. And we had one teacher that was like, you know, I'm not here like as an ally or anything. It's just like everyone said, no, I feel bad and I'll stick around. Just don't have anything. <laughs> you know, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> I'll keep coming on Saturday evenings or whatever. Mm. And he was awesome. And that's, to me, a little bit of allyship. It doesn't have to be this 
huge um, research-based, evidence-based mm. um, commitment that you pledge and you're initiated yeah. <laughs> and you have this test that you go through. It's like, I just think it's like, are you a cool, good person? Yeah. In his case, it sounds like you just needed him to be there so you could do the thing and he got out yeah. of the way. And I think it's like just recognizing. I think he picked up everyone's like, eh. Because other clubs and groups mm. could get a teacher to be supervised. Mm. But he's like, yeah, I see what's happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, whatever. Yeah. Now you mentioned that with the Negroes are congregating that you've done it um, in Halifax and that was the outside of Toronto, you Halifax, Toronto, but you mm-hmm. sort of, is, did, have you done it in the U.S.? Have you done yes. it in other places? done in Memphis, Atlanta, and Washington, D.C. So what? In Switzerland. You, in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to come back to Switzerland. <laughs> um, but when you're doing it in the States, mm-hmm. what's the difference doing it in the States than doing it in Canada? Uh, well, we've done it at... Black Theater Festivals, mm-hmm. one to Atlanta Black Theater Festival, the Black Theater Network Conference, and I think the DC Black Theater Festival. And because I do Peace of Mind Arts here, which is uh, just basically work in development by Black playwrights, mm-hmm. I'm used to Black audiences. <laughs> and so Summer Works and Halifax is probably you know, as diverse mm-hmm. as it's been. <laughs> Summer works more specifically, but I Switzerland was pretty good. I would say it's a it was a half and half because they really focused on outreach. Like okay. the presenters themselves were like, we want to make sure it's not just all way audience. Oh that's good. <laughs> I was like, thank you. And it was good to see that myth debunked. I'm like, okay. The myth that that, that, that Switzerland is like all white. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. I mean, even outside of the theater, you could see. Yeah, and I, I guess it's an international city too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So in the states, the reaction is just like, yeah, we know what you're doing here. Go ahead, sister. <laughs> like they're like all for the unapologetically black um, content and really engaged but also like so that is this like what happens in Canada (laughs) or like is there racism in Canada or they're just trying to like catch a grip on like is this all Canadian content Mm. and I would just say it's like in the States when you have, you know, the North versus the, the South, you know, there's a whole different type of racism happening mm-hmm. in the South yes. and in the North. Yeah. But Northerners, let's say like in Harlem or uh, Brooklyn, would they say there's no racism? Absolutely not. But it's different. Mm-hmm. And so it's different in Canada. Right. You, I don't want to say it's, <laughs> it's watered down. Mm-hmm. But you have to take in consideration that we're 10% of your population. Mm-hmm. And whereas you might have 8 to 11%, depending on what city it is, 
black population were like at three, four, you know. So if you dumped a whole lot more people, we probably have a whole lot more problems. Yeah. Do you think that the, the American audiences were just super curious about what it was like being black in Canada? Yeah. And it's because they're getting the same narratives. Like, everyone's just there, rosy mm. cheeks. Um, you know, how can I help you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what can I do? You want me to drive you to the airport? Sure, <laughs> I have nothing better to do. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, the assumption is, like, zero problems, mm. probably zero crime, zero black population. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess, you know... As Canadians, we get a lot of American media, mm-hmm. and so we see a lot of what's happening there, and yeah. they get like zero mm-hmm. Canadian media. Yeah, they don't even think about us until like there's a Canadian there, and then they're totally trying to figure out like what is Canada. Yeah, and from Toronto, it's like Drake, really, oh, like really, yes, it's yeah. like okay, Drake, yeah, or Caravana yeah. for some. Mm. Yeah, there's just it's hard to to explain mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to somebody that just has no reference point. True. And I go and I'm like, I'm not coming here saying like, ah, oh, racism in Canada is so unbearable and terrible, and um, I wish I was here or there. It's like everybody in life, you got to keep moving, mm. and you take the good with the bad. I love Canada. <laughs> I love where I live. Yeah. I love the healthcare. I love the multiculturalism. And I think that for me, and I'll give a good example, like my sister, she's like, I could, I could care less about talking about Black Lives Matter and all this. Like, it's just draining, it's distracting, and people are getting letting too much get to them. Um, so an example would be like the H&M monkey t-shirt right. scandal. I might think, well, if my little sister wants to wear like a monkey t-shirt, she's looking at it as a, a monkey mm-hmm. or any other child that connects to monkeys, like three little monkeys jumping on the mm-hmm. bed. Why will I prescribe and have her think that's tied to racism? Mm. That's somebody else's problem. It's Mm. not yours. And you shouldn't be hesitant to embrace it. Mm. And that's what I mean of sometimes you might feel offended or someone calling out your name is dropping the N-bomb. How much power do you give that person by responding so I'm like, I know I'm not that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who the hell you're talking to. <laughs> but now it's it's like, how much does it mean to me and why? Mm. Now we get in a, in a fight. We have a brawl. You know, maybe the police are involved. A whole slew of events. Because this person knows that's going to bother me. Mm-hmm. But... um to me, I'm just like, okay, damn what you say. But now when you say, um, you know, black people aren't allowed here or shouldn't be able to do this or we're going to sterilize women or, you know, mm-hmm. 
that's a whole other systemic issue that I'm like, yeah, that needs to be torn down yeah. and ripped to shreds immediately. <laughs> but as it would say, few bad apples. <laughs> but I think people know. It's like even like cat calling women. Yeah. It's like, do I want to? Do I want to give you the time of my day? No. <laughs> yeah. So as you get ready to perform this show again in Toronto, um, and it's to, so an updated, newer version. Um, what are you most looking forward to about about getting this on stage in front of an audience? Well, the bells and whistles <laughs> from <laughs> the two chairs on stage to working with a design team, having like set and costumes and lighting and sound is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do. I think having the task of directing in the round mm-hmm. for I mean, 180 seat whatever main space adds the pressure so mm. i'm like are you directing natasha let's see let's, <laughs> let's find out like these next mm. three weeks of rehearsal how the ideas pull together but i think i have a strong vision for the show and it was important for me to direct mm-hmm. even as the writer so yeah if I'm like I'm, I'm interested in the reviews. Yeah. I'm interested in the talkbacks and how people receive the work. If it's dead quiet, I'm like, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I, I mean, I I want all the criticism mm-hmm. because I am that critic. Every show, it's very rare. Just mm. like your favorite artist, how many classic albums? You can't have a hundred favorite classic albums. There's like the top five for a reason. And I hope at least for one person is a top five. (laughs) And it can be a bottom five for a hundred people. But that's that's interesting for me to know. Mm. Of like, I'm telling a story. How do you receive it? The other productions, were you directing that as well? Or is this? Yes. Yes. Yeah, but it, there weren't as many resources going into mm. it. <laughs> I mean, we're like rehearsing in like public spaces, yeah. sometimes the park, or you know, a few days a week for a few hours. Um, so I was like, I just want to focus on making sure we have the text right, mm-hmm. some blocking, and let's go mm. because we got two chairs. Like, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not being denial about that. Mm. And I think that has helped knowing that we've had other people just drop in not knowing anything about the show. Mm. They're like, ooh, there's a lot mm. of content here. And a lot of people have said, like, can I take this home to read? Mm. Because I want to make sure I caught everything. And that's a bit of the fast pace of, like, sketch to sketch to mm. sketch. Mm. It's like, ooh, But... That's how it feels to me when I'm writing it or yeah. directing it. Right. Yeah. Natasha, thank you so much. I love this Thank you.
This has been a Homebody Productions production.